Now entering Nerdist.com. True it with a guy named Kevin. True it and this other guy Steve. True it from the TV and the movies and now this podcast stream. True it, they're gonna get chewy. True it, they might even get me. True it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. Energetic, yeah, chewing right there. Yeah. What are you eating? I am eating an eight ball of cocaine. Whoa. Get my energy up. Can you eat an eight ball of cocaine? Yeah, you I can. I guess you can. Yeah, you can. I guess you can. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Um, I was eating a salad. Oh, that's nice. Well, you know, I've been on a diet, so, you know. How's that going? Not that well. <laughs> Do you, um, I mean, we've, we've had dieting episodes before. Yeah. We've talked about it. Have we? Maybe we need to have a real dieting episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we well, just fast and vomit. Well, it's funny because, you know, uh, uh, I mean, fans will be happy to hear this, uh, we were just uh, taking a look at um, scenes that we shot. Yeah. Super Troopers 2. Yep. Edited and, together. Uh, the edited scenes of yeah. the stuff we shot. And we were in such good shape for that. I know. You know, it's, uh, it's a good inspiration to... Uh, were you in way better shape? Than I am now. A few months ago when we shot that? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. It's funny. Like last year when we shot the quality time pilot. Yeah. I went from 177 pounds down to 152. Whoa. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. I that's mean, like, ultimately, I dropped... That's like girl weight. I know, I know. 150? Come I, on. I dropped 27 pounds. It's like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, so... I'm trying to think when I was 152 pounds in sixth grade, I think. Three. I mean, sixth grade. Yeah. I'm Honestly, honestly. I can't believe that. <laughs> How? 152 pounds in sixth grade? <laughs> probably. I probably yeah. was like 80 pounds in sixth yeah. grade. Yeah. Yeah, listen, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, people are like snowflakes. I've been they saying. are. Didn't you say that last week? I did. Okay. I did. Um, yeah. But, um, and then I remember, like, we got back from filming Super Troopers. I stayed yeah. in shape, uh, put on some muscle for Super Troopers. Okay. And then I, I remember, like, we got back to Los Angeles on, like, October 30th. Right. And dr- driving back from the airport, I was like, I'm having McDonald's. Yeah. Well, actually, we fell Halloween, off, baby. We fell off the wagon while we were shooting. Well, we did, yeah. There we were a lot every night. Big was, meals out there. Yeah, late and late too. Then you, yeah. you, you know, yeah. I, I don't like that shit. No. But yeah, now I've gained twenty two pounds back. I'm back. Oh at my one, god, are you kidding me? One seventy two. Yeah. Oh man, I've gained maybe five pounds since then. Okay. That's a lot of pounds for you. It is a lot of pounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's all in my ass too. All right, better have some more of that eight ball then, bro. I know. I know. Let me uh, let me call up uh, let me call up my guy Renee. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting an eight ball over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Before we dive into this awesome topic, which mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun putting mm-hmm, a list mm-hmm, together for, mm-hmm. let's um, let's uh, do our business. Uh, we got some shows coming up. Yeah. Uh, we just had a great time in Rochester. Great time. Great time in Rochester. Uh, I think we met every cop in in Northern New York. Yeah, yeah, I know the cops in upper from, state New York from Webster. Uh, cops from Newark, yeah. uh, New York. The state, all the state troopers in the area. Yeah, the chief, the chief of police. I know that's pretty good. Jay's going back there soon. I told him, watch out, all the police are coming there, so be careful. Yeah, well, careful. if we did a good job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, more shows in April. We got more shows in April, so uh, we're going to be in St. Louis, April seventh, eighth, and ninth. We'll be at the Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis, and then um, later on that month, we'll be in Buffalo. Uh, the 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo. And then the next weekend, which is the 5th, 6th, and 7th of May, we'll be back in Denver. You hear that, Mexican people? That's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. We'll be in Denver. Uh, so we'll be at Comedy Works uh, downtown. So those are the next three upcoming dates. The tickets are on sale now. You can go to heffernandlemmy.com, get tickets there, uh, or go to the club's websites. Uh, St. Louis, 7th, 8th, and 9th, April, Helium Comedy Club, Buffalo, 28th, 29th, 30th, Helium Comedy Club, Denver Comedy Works, 5th, 6th, 7th of May. I wonder what um, Cinco de Mayo is like in in Colorado. Like you mix it with legalized weed? Yeah, like there, there are some s- fucked up Mexicans. Ay, ay, ay! Ay, 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 I'm so high, high, high. It's tequila and weed? Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, That's a dangerous combo nation. They should check this out. This is, I'm going I'm to patent this right now. Yeah. I'm going to copyright this shit. They should call it Cinco de Hayo. Oh, that's great. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to write that down. Okay. Cinco de Hayo. Listen, Chew Crew, for Heffernan to actually get off his ass and write one of my joke ideas down, that means it's dope. It's dope right there. Um, okay. Other piece of business. Amazon.com, our sponsor. Boom. Um, if you guys are going to shop at Amazon, go to the Chewin' It website over at Nerdist. 
click on the specific episode, this specific episode, mm. and there'll be a banner ad from Amazon. Click on that banner ad. It'll take you to Amazon. And then when you buy your shit at Amazon, it'll kick a few pennies back to us. Yeah. Uh, no cost to you. And um, it'll help us pay for our infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, if you do that, so if you, you know, what do you buy at Amazon? What do you get at Amazon? I get books. Yeah, some books. Children's products. Yeah, a lot of children's products. Christmas presents and birthday gifts. Oh, great. Anniversary stuff. I go right. right to Amazon. Toys. Yeah. Toys. Yeah, toys. Because the thing is, like, they've got that sweet uh, Amazon Prime thing. Oh, yeah, right. Free shipping. Free, free two-day shipping with Amazon yeah. Prime. Go click to the banner. Shop at Amazon. Okay. That's the business. Okay. Um, okay, on to the pleasure. Let's get right into Let's it. Let's get into the pleasure. Let's get right into it. Um, a while back, we did our top villains, our top movie villains. Yeah. And when you think about it, though, you're, I think you disregard an entire class of villain uh, when you just focus on the main villain, mm-hmm. and that is the henchman. Mm-hmm. And the henchman, or should we say hench person? Hench person. The hench person. Yeah. <laughs> The hench person is uh, an underrated person in cinema, and uh, we want to take some time out to give them a shout out. Yeah, right. We were pouring one out for our homies over on <laughs> the, the hench- uh, on the evil side. Our hench person homies. Yeah, because a lot of times the secondary character, the third character, the the character that has like two scenes is super memorable, and we should we should uh, relish sure. that. Where there are also you know there are there are plenty of movies where. There's your main villain, and maybe sometimes the henchman is even in more scenes. Sure. They're the one who, like, do the, the grunt work. Yeah, they're the one traveling around following the good guy. Yeah. While the bad guy's sitting back in his office. Yeah. There's all kinds of henchmen. Hench sure. people. Hench people. Sure. There's funny hench people. Yep. There's sinister hench people. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get into it. Well, let's, let's define what henchman is, though, because we've had this debate, too. It's like, if you're not the main villain, if you're not the lead villain... Yeah. You're a henchman then. No matter how far up down the ladder, you're a henchman if you're not in charge. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, yes, you're right. You're right. Which leads me to have some on my list that you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, he is a henchman. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, the, that's where it fits in. Anyone who's not the head bad guy can be a henchman. I think like people had this figured out uh, five minutes ago. What the henchman is? You did. I, you yeah, I think I think you're the only one who's having you. You want? I like to, to set parameters. Yeah. Before we make lists. No, I know. I know this. I know this about you. Everybody knows this about you. Okay. Good. You like to define exactly what it is that we're talking. Sure. About. It's my legal training. Yeah, and then you know, at some point, I'll throw something out, and then you'll question as to whether right. or not that falls into I'll your say parameters. That does not fit into the category. Like I've got one here that I know, I know, I'm going to hear from you about. I've got one that, that might raise your cockles a little bit. Well, you know why? Because here's what happens, Queen. Here's here's, yeah. here's my issue. Yeah, go. It's like when we did the villains of all time. Right. Like you start, you threw out the Wicked Witch of the West. And I was like, you know what? That doesn't smack as like your passionate villain. That smacks That's as not like true. as going like, you know, as as the thing you do to get prepared. Going online and, and seeing like, oh, the top 100 That's villains ridiculous. of all time uh, by uh, the AFI. No. Wizard of Oz is one of the all-time great movies, and she's one of the all-time great bad guys. I'm just saying. I'm There's just no saying. no question about that. So it's like, you know. If, Irrefutable. If you say, if you say, no, it's futable, Kev. It's not futable at all. If you say that, like, uh, for instance, online I saw last night, somebody was like, the monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. The oh, yeah, monkeys. I don't go for that. Because that's like, that. I, I feel like that's the kind of thing I'm going to hear out of you. No, no, I don't go for a category of people. I'm picking, I'm picking one, an individual. Okay, good. Because, yeah, I saw things like that, too, where it was like, you know, the so-and-sos. I'm like, eh, you know what? Yeah. No. Okay, good. No. Okay, good. Or like the Minions, I saw. Sure. Which are a comic version of the henchmen. It's a great thing, but they're sure. a they, group of people. They are great, though. They are fantastic. They are and great, though. They are a qu- they're a quintessential henchman. Yeah. Quintessential representation of the henchmen. Yeah, but we want a hench person. Hench, per- hench individual. Not hench people. I want a hench individual. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, go. You go first, then. My first guy is uh, the henchman in Roadhouse. Okay. Okay, so Ben Gazzara was the villain. That's right. In Roadhouse. He's, you know, running around terrorizing everybody in the town. And then he had a dude with him. Right. Who was the badass. Yep. And, like, he was, you know, he's always, like, making, eye, very, making very, like, kind of sexual innuendo-y eyes at Patrick Swayze. Sure. At the Dalton character. Do you know his name? Um, I don't know his name. Did you write it down? The character's name is Jimmy Reno. 
a Jimmy Reno. Very nice. And he's the muscle. He's like the karate guy that squares off against uh, Swayze. And, and delivers. And the actor's name? Give it to me. Marshall Teague. That, like, guy, that dude's been in like 50 movies, you know what I mean? Stuntman, well, fighter, you know. In in uh, in Roadhouse, he he delivers my favorite line, which is when he's fighting Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he says, "I used to fuck guys like you in prison." <laughs> Do you remember that line? <laughs> yes. And I remember. Is that when they square off for the karate fight? It's at, like the end. next to the pond or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and it's, it's or no, no, it's when they invade Ben Gazzara's house. No, no, it's it's that final fight scene. Okay, it's right before. Uh, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. It's right before Swayze ripped his throat out. In yeah, fact, okay. I think that's why Swayze ripped his throat out. Okay. Uh, okay. It's, but a great, like, it's a classic throat rip. It's a great throat rip. Right. Because we knew that um, Dalton had had troubles in the past. He'd r- ripped a guy's throat out before. Sure. But Jimmy Reno deserved to get his throat ripped out. Yeah. Well, because when, you know, it's like, look, we know he's the henchman of, of, of the biggest asshole in town. But then when you say I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yeah. Then it's like. There's all kinds of interesting things that that means. You're throwing some shit onto the heap there. Yeah. As it's like, uh, it's threatening, it's also sexual. It's, it's rapey. It's rapey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's Jimmy like, Reno. Yeah. It's also, you, you know. Did? You did? That's what Swayze should be like, you did? Yeah. You used to rape guys like me in prison? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And then okay. the, que- the question is like, you know, it's particularly in the time when the movie came out, but it's like, what the guy is saying is, I'm gay. Yeah. And but prison gay, it's a little different. I'm prison gay, right? It is a different. It's a subsect. Okay, yeah. But like, it, it's is it is he taunting him like saying like this gay dude's gonna kick your ass? I say right. Or is he? He's saying to Swayze, "You're such a pussy." Yeah, I uh, used to fuck guys like you. Would right, right. Okay. But that's what it, it's. It's a really because you could also say you're a fucking pussy. Okay. As opposed to telling a guy, like, <laughs> right. you're such a pussy, right. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Right. It's like, well, you know. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a backwards, uh, it's a weird attack. Yeah. And very shock. It was surprising. Because like, that movie, you know, it was like all about like macho, macho. And they spun it on its ear at the end. The guy says, you know, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Sure. And then went to throw a kick and Swayze caught it in a tree, broke his leg and right. ripped the guy's throat And then ripped the throat out. Yeah. So much for Jimmy Reno. Yeah. Good name for a character, though. Yeah, sure is. All right, I love that one. Okay, that's on my list as well. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way more right down the fucking middle. Okay, I'm gonna go quintessential. Maybe the most famous quintessential henchman ever. I, I bet he's on. My, I bet I know who you're gonna say. Okay, I'm gonna go. Wait, 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 let me guess. Let me guess. Is he in a, a spy movie? He's in a couple of them. First appearance was in Spy Who Loved Me. Fuck yeah. I'm gonna go Jaws. Fuck yeah. Richard Keel is his name. Fuck yeah. Uh, from the James Bond movies, he was also in Moonraker. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember. Was he in another one or no? No, just those two. Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Yeah. Jaws. Yeah. Uh, Richard Keel, who was great. He was also in The Longest Yard. Yeah. Uh, but in this, he's he a is pale the, rider. Yeah. He is the ultimate henchman that I think of in my mind. Because he works for the bad guy. He's a monster. He's gigantic. And he's got fucking metal teeth. Yeah. When we were going through our preamble, he was, he was the reason why I said, and sometimes actually they play a bigger part than the bad guy. Yeah. Because he's really the one who's after Roger Moore. He is. Th- the whole time. I mean, yeah. there's... Uh, but he's just the muscle, man. Well, the thing about him was, like, I don't know that we had seen a character like that with a metal no. mouth. No. I mean, I, as a kid, I saw that. I was like, what the... He's also, you know, seven feet tall, and he had those gigantic hands. Yeah. Know? I mean, he's like the Terminator. He was the, he was, he was the predecessor to the Terminator. Like, remember, he gets dropped He gets dropped uh, for, he, at the pyramids or whatever. Like, there's some yeah. construction site yeah. or something. And uh, the whole fucking, like, giant stones collapse on him. Right. And he gets out of it. Yeah. He lifts up uh, the van at one point. Yeah. He rips the van apart is how strong he is. But then he's doing things in the opening scene. He bites people on the neck. Yeah. With he, those teeth. He has, like, there's one point where he has a giant metal cable, and he bites through the giant metal cable with his teeth. Yeah. Now, here's my question for you. Wait, wait. And one more example. Yeah, yeah. Also, when he falls into the shark pool. Right. He fucking eats a shark. Yeah. He bites a shark's neck. So great. Was The Spy I Love Me, did that come out before Jaws or no? Before the movie Jaws? Yeah. No, it came out after Jaws. Okay. So it's homage. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they called him Jaws for that. Okay. Because I, th- I, like, I thought it came out first. Well, let's see. Jaws is like, what, 76? Yeah. And then Spy Loves Me, like 70. Okay. So it's eight? literally on the heels of it. Yeah. The, the, the amazing thing was that despite how big and scary that dude was, they still gave him those teeth, which gave him another... Scary element on top of the scary element. Yeah. 
Well, th- and that's the way they present him in the opening scene. You're like, holy shit, that guy's... And he's one of those slow-walking uh, henchmen <laughs> that no matter how fast that other guy's running, he just he can't get away from him. And then, like, when he smiled and opened his teeth to bite that guy's throat, and yeah. you're like, holy shit. Oh, my God. It's so terrifying as a kid. But then when I saw him in Longest Yard, I lo- he was a lovable character. Yeah. He's like, I think I broke his fucking neck. I did. I broke his fucking neck. Yeah. He may be the number one henchman of all time. Well, because also when we were in the preamble, you remember, like, we were like, oh, there's, you know, serious henchmen. There's also comedic henchmen. And I didn't want to give anything away, but I, I was going to say there's also, like, those, all those Bond films kind of had, like, those, it's a serious movie, but they had goofy henchmen. Like, you know, yeah. what was the guy's name? Like, the big Japanese sumo wrestler guy. With Odd Job. Hat? Odd Job, yeah. He's also kind of on my list. But, like, those, those are the ones that were, he like, was a He was a famous henchman also. True. Yeah. But to the point where Austin Powers made fun of him. Yeah, Herbe Villachez was a henchman too. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, like, uh, you know, those were the ones that were. Kind but of, I like Jaws better. Well, Jaws, I, when you say he's the number, he could be yeah. the number one. He, yeah. He's an iconic henchman. That's right. That's right. Okay, moving on. What do you got? Okay, uh, the other one I posed. So this one falls into the one and done category. Okay. Not a main henchman, but one of my favorite henchmen slash obstacles is the uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. When Harrison Ford is trying to escape on the plane, and the big like carnival strongman, pointy German mustache, right. bald headed guy, right, decides he's going to fight uh, Harrison Ford. Right, the German mechanic. Yeah, and uh, you know his name? No, Pat Roach. Oh, okay, the actor or the character's name? Yes. Pat Roach. No, the the actor's name. And the character's name. He was, was like he was a British wrestler. Okay. Yeah, he was a big wrestler, I guess. In, in See, Great this, Britain. Is like, this is when I like I, Pat Roach. Detail oriented. I should have done this. I should have. Looked well, the thing up. is, yeah, you should have. The thing is, he makes two appearances in the movie. Like in the beginning of the movie, there's a giant like Sherpa. Yeah, he's the Sherpa too. Okay, interesting. Pretty good, huh? But as two different characters. Two different characters. Yeah. Wow. But I love that guy. That guy was great. He was so like, cause you know, like I don't even think he had any lines, and it was just you know, like look, the whole fucking thing. He brought out the best in Harrison Ford. Yeah, the fight was great. He was kicking Harrison Ford's ass, and he met a great uh, death. He did one scene, great scene, memorable scene. Yeah, but I I have another henchman in that movie that's on my list. Okay, that I like better. Oh, and I think I know who it is. And it, uh, the character is Major Tot is the guy's name, and he's the guy who shows up to take the uh, to to, uh, the to one Karen who, Allen's the one bar. who burns his hand. Yeah. Yeah. We are not the thirsty Fräulein. Yeah. We are not the thirsty Fräulein. Yeah, he's awesome. One of my favorite, fav- favorite lines. And then he gets the, uh, the amulet burned into his hand. Yeah. We are not the thirsty Fräulein. Yeah. And then is one of the melty face dudes at the very end. Like, yeah. Which is he great. gets a, He gets the head exploded at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's tough to say, like, who the main bad guy was in that if it was, like, because... Ultimately, Hitler's the main well. Bad Hitler's guy. the main bad guy, but I think the guy, you know, the Belloc, 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 right? He's yeah. the he's the bad guy. Because the thing about Belloc, well, and we're not talking villains, but he right. did have that uh, his portable uh, coat hanger. <laughs> he did. It was like and he had a beautiful dress in his tent. Yeah, but I was never a big Belloc guy. But but Tot, the actor's name was Ronald Lacey. A little sadistic the one. Not yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's one of my favorite ones from Raiders. I'm going to do a more modern one. Okay. Hit it. Um, from the movie The Man with the Iron Fist. Okay. Okay. I don't think I've seen that movie, and you've told me to see it, but I haven't watched it. Well... That's like the RZA movie, right? It's RZA. Yeah. But also, uh, the main henchman is one of your favorite new guys. Mm. The character's Mark name... Mark Strong? No, no, not Mark <laughs> Strong. This guy, would, this guy would destroy Mark Strong. Okay. Uh, Dave Bautista? Yes. Is it? It's Dave Bautista as a character named Brass Body. Okay. And that's the thing. He's, he has the power to turn his body brass. Oh, okay. Wow. And it's the first time I ever saw Dave Bautista. Okay. And he's fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he's a badass. It, it, he was in the last Riddick movie. Yeah. He, was kind, he wasn't really a henchman. He was kind of on a good guy, bad guy thing. Yeah. So I didn't put him in there. And then Spectre in the James Bond movie, he's pure henchman. Yeah. Inspector. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that guy. And so he's in the Man with the Iron Fist, though. He's, the, he's a henchman. He's that. the main henchman. And oh. breaks people. Now I'm watching it. And that's the only thing. It's like, you know, the Man with the Iron Fist, it's, that's the only hand that can... Comp- you, I mean, you'll go nut when you see him. The Iron Fist has to break the brass man. That's it. Got and, it. And, okay. uh, but he's also one of the... He's one of the henchmen that spends more time on screen than the actual bad okay. guy. Okay. 
you know, in some ways, he's like a man crush for both of us because we both saw him. Yeah. And we, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, kick somebody's ass. Oh my god, he's so great. In That's that. the beauty about henchmen, you know. Yeah, they kick ass. You know, and it's true. It's like when you got a good fucking henchman. Yeah, it makes it's like it's like a great villain. It makes the movie great. Yeah, everybody's great. Yeah. Okay. So Bautista as Brad. Bautista's great. Okay. Body. I'm gonna do that then. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go away from the ass kicking henchman. Okay. And talk about one of my favorite henchman performances of all time. Okay. Which was more of a comic performance. Okay. Uh, Steve Buscemi in Fargo. Okay. Okay. Which is, uh, he has a few scenes in that movie that are just fucking fantastic. Like, he has a scene where he's driving in the car with his butt, uh, what's his name, Peter Stormare. Yeah. And he's trying to get him to talk. And Stormare is just smoking a cigarette, won't talk. Yeah. And he just is fucking babbling on, and then and then it's about like three minutes of fine. You want to talk? Fine. I won't talk either. How do you like it? See how you like it, asshole. You know. Yeah, but he yeah. just keeps talking. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. And how does he? Does Stormare shove him? Yeah. In the wood puts him in the wood chipper. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking great because he goes and meets the uh, to pick up the ransom, and the and the old man shows up, the father. Yeah. And shoots him in the face. Yeah. Remember that? And he and he's bleeding off the just. Che- he's got a bullet wound in his. In his cheek Yeah And he's just bleeding Yeah And then he goes back In the Stormare Such a great movie And so uh, But he's like The other kind of henchman I feel like in that He's the More sniveling Wise assy Dick Sure And he's so good at that Yeah Go back and check that out. I mean he is so Fucking good in that movie Yeah Every scene He has that manic Kind of energy you Yeah know? the movie's great Who's the bad guy um, If he's the henchman Who's the bad guy uh, who was the bad guy in that in that movie? It's a trick question. Uh, William Macy. It was William Macy, yeah. Because he's the husband who hires who the hired guys. hired the hitman, yes, yeah. exactly. So. Exactly. You don't think of him as being the bad guy, but he is the bad guy in that movie. He is. All right, go. Okay, okay. Uh, here's a fucking great one. Ooh, okay. This uh, character was this actor's big calling cards. Okay. In, uh, there was, he had a couple of movies where he was playing henchman before he went on to become one of the most iconic characters of all time oh my god okay james gandolfini in true romance okay i had that i have that he's a great henchman in that he's fucking great right you know because he's also a henchman in, in uh get shorty get shorty yeah. yeah which is great in that dude bear bear and uh he's but a good guy in that one he ends up being a good guy there's the you know the point where like trolls grabs by the nuts and throws him on the stairs yeah in that restaurant yeah which is funny and then he becomes a good guy yeah but true romance that scene where he beats out Patricia Arquette is an unbelievable scene. I mean, that, that the whole fight scene, he, that was where his acting chops were on display. Yeah. And, uh, well, cause he's a, he, is, he was a quintessential henchman for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it's amazing that he became that. Yeah. Not amazing, but it's you know, well, he cool was, that he became such a great uh, you know, it's leading like, man, you know? And you think that, like, in theory, it's like that's almost, that could be like, that's young Tony Soprano, like, back yeah. before he became the capo. Sure. Like... <laughs> Well, because, you know, it's like, you remember, it's like, there's, you know, it's it's great. The script is written by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And the dialogue between them. Yeah. You know, when he's talking about the first time he killed somebody, like how he, you know, he puked. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he's like, you got hot, kid. You know, you take your best shot. I mean, there's a whole. Sure. They're just fighting each other. And then other. she fucking kills him. And then she fucking kills him. <laughs> yeah. But even though when he shows, like, he's just menacing. Like, even when he shows up to Brad Pitt's house. Yeah. And you're like, oh, don't kill Brad Pitt. Yeah. But you think he's going to kill Brad Pitt. Yeah, but he's just a men- he's like he has that menace to him. You're like you're not sure what he's gonna do. Yeah, but there's a, a humor to it. But I remember like the fir- when I, when I first saw True Romance because that was before Get Shorty. Yeah, and uh, that guy like obviously Christopher Walken was fantastic in the movie. Yeah, um, but that like Gandolfini in that in that role was so fucking good. It was like God, that is an awesome. Who, I don't know who that guy is, but he was yeah terrific. Yeah. And then he there there he was in Get Shorty, and then I think he was in like The Mexican or something like yep, that. Yep. Um, but then and then know. he was the most famous, yeah, gangster ever. All right. Anyway, Gandolfini and True Romance. Great. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with another quintessential henchman. Okay. Which is exactly what he is in this movie. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Sam Jackson. Mmm. Jules. Mmm. Now I like Travolta too, but I just like Sam Jackson. You know. And that's what they are. They are henchmen. Yeah. But even the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. With the, all the uh, uh, Royale with cheese, the whole, that whole conversation. Yeah. The foot massage, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's a great thing all the way through. And then. Even like, even, you know, even that great joke, you know, when Travolta's like, yeah, I got to take care of her. And he's like, 
take care and puts like his <laughs> finger up to his head right. like he's gonna shoot he's like no 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 like take right. her out yeah and then in the end he makes the speech you know to tim roth yeah uh he's he, it's the one that says bad motherfucker on it yeah <laughs> he pulls the <laughs> bad motherfucker on it yeah but it's like you know look that's that, a henchman that's a henchman that was also like our intro i mean like we we were big fans you and i and all broken lizard guys we were huge fans of uh of um reservoir dogs yeah I think, you know, that was in, an independent film. Who knows, like, you know, what kind of... And it had cult success. Who knows what kind of big-time commercial success it has. Yeah. Pulp, Pulp Fiction was... Yeah, it's a $100 million movie. You know, Tarantino's big thing. Yeah. And, you know, those characters were great. It's like, you know, you've got the one character who's coming back after some big hit. He's yeah. been gone for a couple of years laying low, and now he's excited to get back to work. And you got the, the Sam Jackson character who's... Yeah. He's hanging up his cleats. Yeah. And, because, uh, you know, he's had to walk the earth. Like yeah. Kane from yeah. Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, but it's that it's that opening scene where he has his moment of clarity. Yeah, and uh, God, he's so good in that movie. He's unbelievable in that movie. Yeah, Jerry everything's Curls. good, and and some of that shit, some of that dialogue is hard to pull off. You know what I mean? Like some of that dialogue, I'm sure when you look on the page, you're like, okay, someone's got to be pretty good to pull this off, and he does. Yeah, like quoting the Bible thing without it being hokey, and you know, yeah, it's great. That's okay, a, that's a good call. Um, okay, I'm going. Uh, I'm going back to the '80s. Or actually, this is the '90s. Uh, to one of my favorite henchmen of all time. Okay. Another one of our classic films. We've spoken about it before. Okay. And and touched on him. Okay. I'm going Stone Cold. Okay. I'm going William Forsythe. Right. As the character Ice. Ice. Now listen, he's Ice. Yeah. And the main villain is uh, has been a guest on our podcast, uh, Lance Henriksen as yeah. Chains. Right. Now you know Chains. The character Chains was such. I mean, we talked about him in our villains. Sure. He's an all-time great character. Oh, Lance Henriksen kills that thing. Absolutely beats it purple. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we did talk about that movie as Stone Cold is one of our favorite like, you know, underrated movies. Right. He, that villain who chews up the scenery also has a great fucking sidekick slash henchman, William Forsythe, who's yeah. fucking phenomenal. He's as good of a bad guy as uh, Lance is. He is. I mean, he's just gross. Yeah. He's kind of pig-looking. He's sweaty. <laughs> yeah. He's sweaty. He's got like a space between his teeth and a pug nose. And, and, and doesn't and doesn't like give a shit about like human uh emotion or any sentimentality or anything like that. He's a killing machine. Right. He believes in the in the fucking fla- flag on his back. Which is, you know, the beauty of that movie is that they don't they don't pull any punches. Yeah. Yeah. And funny cuz it's like, you know, you see you see like a movie like Raising Arizona. Yeah. Another Coen Brothers movie where William Forsythe is you know the John Goodman sidekick? Yeah, and they're comedic prisoners, right? And he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're hilarious. And then to see him like just go over to that fucking scummy dark side, yeah, and play a badass biker like that. He did it in one of the Seagal movies too, right? The um, first one, Above the Law, Marked for Death. I think Above the Law. Wasn't he like a f- cop, like a bad cop? In one of those. Well, that's either Marked for then it's Marked for Death, okay. or Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill, maybe. Yeah. Mark for Death is the is the, uh, the Jamaican Jamaicans? one. Yeah, he's okay, not yeah, that yeah, one. He's not that one. one. That's what that's. Uh, I've watched that one recently. You know who's in that movie? Actually, I have him down as one of my uh, a henchmen later. All right. You know who's in that movie? Of uh, now, I wouldn't say a young version because I'm sure he's not a young version, but it, he has a cup of coffee in the opening scene, hmm. and he's an expendable. He's just a guy who walks out and just gets killed mm-hmm. by Seagal in the opening action scene. Give it to me, Danny Trejo. Really? Yeah. It's funny because it's like you're watching. I mean, that movie was what in the early '90s or yeah, late '80s, and you're watching it, and he's just like Seagal's going 80s. through like Mexico City, wherever he is, and he's just taking out like Mexican dudes. Yeah, and then you turn, and then it's Danny Trejo, and he makes someone move, and then Seagal takes him out. <laughs> you know, and I, I believe well, yeah, it's Danny Trejo. Uh, well, you know, it's like look, we all have our. I mean, Trejo. I can't wait to hear who who like what movie you're talking about because Danny Trejo should just be classified. And MC Ganey, by the way, as just... That's the movie. Uh, what, Con Air? Yeah. Holy shit. There's like 15 henchmen in that movie who are great. And those guys are like the classic Ving Rames is in that as a henchman. Oh, my God. Because uh, what's his name is the bad guy? Yeah. Malkovich. Malkovich, yeah. And then the, there's just henchmen after henchmen in that thing. Yeah. Including Buscemi, including MC Ganey, one of our all-time favorites. Yeah. Trejo. I mean... Ving Rames. But you think about like those... Those early, those early Trejo days, you know, like Dustal Dawn, was like you'd see him with that shirt on. His pectoral muscles were so gigantic, yeah. Yeah. but not, 
not big like Schwarzenegger. They were. I found his pectorals to be like stimulating, wide and tall. <laughs> right. Like just there are a lot of fucking acreage. Sure. On on those pecs. Sure. A lot of miles too. A lot of miles. <laughs> a lot of miles. Um. All right. I'm gonna go another classic movie we talked about many times. Okay. Uh, and a guy who uh you wouldn't think. If you saw him in his real world, you wouldn't think of him as this bad guy. Okay. I'm going to go Die Hard. Okay. Alexander Goodenough. Dude. As Carl. Oh, my God. Now, the amazing thing is, uh, Carl, and he's great in that movie, and he's a great bad guy, but he's a ballet dancer. He's a ballerino. Which is the amazing thing about it was that he's like a world, he he was a world famous ballerino, Mm -hmm. which is what we call male ballerina. Yeah. And uh, if you saw him in that world, you wouldn't be like, Oh, let's make him a, a badass fucking German terrorist. Yeah, Alexander Gudenov. Yeah, and then there he is in Die Hard next to the greatest, one of the greatest villains of all time. He's the fucking number two. Yeah, Alan Rickman. No, I mean, it's like uh, to put a, a ballerino uh, as your main badass. Yeah. Your main henchman badass. Gutsy. It's gutsy. It's sort of like, you know. It's like the, putting a diver as your transporter. Well, I mean, but that, you know, the, the the bad version of that is like, you know, Mick Jagger in the movie Free Jack. Sure. As your villain. Sure. Like skinny neck. He's like, you know. A Barishnikov as your. Yeah. Well, actually, he was never a villain. He was always a good guy, but. He never played like a Russian villain. <laughs> oh, no, so. he did. Oh, he did? I just saw him as a Cat? Russian villain. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a look it up. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, Die Hard, Carl, Alexander Gudinov, great henchman. Yeah. Okay, um, so the uh, movie that I was talking about with Kenneth Branagh yeah. uh, as the main Russian henchman um, reporting to Mikhail Baryshnikov is Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit. Oh, I didn't. See, I never saw that. Is that the? Was that the one with uh, Chris Pine? Chris Pine, right? Never saw it. Yeah. Okay. And um, and so there you go. Baryshnikov is a bad guy. Yeah, and the wife is uh, Kira Knightley. Okay. Um, but uh, all right, you're up. But he wasn't out there like uh, beating people up the way Gudinov was. Right. Um, okay. I'm going to um, come back to the comedy side of things. Okay. Um, I think an all-time great henchman uh, has got to be Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I have him on my list, too. Oh, my God. Donald Gibb. Donald Gibb, yeah. Is that actor's name? He's a, he's a great, he's a perfect kind of henchman, you know? Nerds. Yeah, he's big and dumb. Yeah. And he was, you know, we talked about, like, the man crush. Uh, I was talking about... Um, yeah. Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so Ogre was his sidekick. Right. Slash henchman. He's the one who would like, you know, he'll pick up the nerds and like pack them into the <laughs> nerds, like, wedgie them and do all that stuff. Yeah. It's funny because he's a comic, kind of a more comic badass guy. And then like he was in Bloodsport, right? He was in Bloodsport. Oh, but he's the friend of Van Damme. Yeah. Like usually you see him as the bad guy, but he's actually the good guy. He plays the the friend who the main villain basically. Fucks up. Yeah. Breaks his back. Debilitates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sort of like uh, inspires Van Damme to yeah. The way my other man crush Patrick Swayze was uh, in Youngblood. Right. Uh, you know, he's the guy that like uh, the main bad guy, sure. uh, villain fights and cracks his skull open. Is never going to play hockey again, right? Inspires Rob Lowe to right. But Ogre was like when you saw him, you're like he like fits that character perfectly. Yeah, like the big asshole in the in the football fraternity. Yeah. But hilarious, too, because I think it was, like, in part in the sequel, Nerds in Paradise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, in one of the scenes, you remember that, like, Ogre goes to take a piss? Right. It's your, I don't remember. It's, I don't think I saw that. Nerds in Paradise. It's one of your classic things. It's a smart thing to do when you have to deal with exposition. Yeah. You have something funny going on in the background. Right. And so it's the main, the douchebags figuring out how they're going to, you know, plot out to get, you know, the, the nerds. To leave, sure. Uh, you know Daytona Beach or wherever they are, and in the background, uh, Ogre's taking a piss that goes on for the entire scene. It's just a hard piss. <laughs> right. It just goes and goes and goes. And then it's like in the exposition scene, you have the characters like looking around at each other, acknowledging the fact that Ogre's taking this, you know, ogreish piss. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. Ogre, one of my great favorites. comic henchmen. Yeah, I'm gonna go with one you're gonna you're gonna call bullshit on, because mm. he's also on my list of greatest villains of all time. Okay, okay, God. But he's really just a henchman. Okay. Wait. Okay, let's let's hear it. Okay. He's just a henchman. And I'm going to go with uh Star Wars, Darth Vader. All right. Okay. He's a henchman. He is a henchman. I got. He's a very powerful henchman. Yeah. But he's not the main villain. No. 
Even though he's the greatest villain of all in cinema history, he is the greatest villain in cinema history. Well, now, but he's a henchman. Did who was it? Darth Sidious. Who was the main? Uh, the emperor. The emperor. Yeah. Okay. Was he in Star Wars: A New Hope, number four? Like the first time we saw Darth Vader as Star Wars four, A New Hope. Yeah. No. I don't. Th- okay. So I don't think. So. No, no, he didn't appear to the Empire Strikes Back. Right. Correct. And then you saw him, like you know, like Darth Vader report to him. Yes. And uh, and you were like, holy shit! There's somebody higher up than Darth Vader. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. Oh, Darth Vader's just a henchman. Yes. So. But even even when uh, in in the first one though, it's like Grand Moff Tarkin or Peter Cushing. Yeah. He was Darth Vader's boss. Yeah. Because they're sitting around the you know table, release him. You know, like he tells Darth Vader what to do. Yeah. But that's like um. And so he's certainly a henchman in that one too. Yes, but that you know that it, it showed you that Darth Vader was still like basically ultimately you know a military drone himself. Right. But push came to shove, he would have fucking crushed Peter Cushing's throat. Well, he could, he would have, but in the same way, you know, Dave Bautista would have crushed a lot of these his main villain bosses. Sure, and Jaws would have crushed his main villain boss. But yeah, Darth Vader. Is a henchman. Yeah. No. Some people might be up in arms about this. I don't think so, Kev. I think you're peeling back the onion. I mean, that's... <laughs> Listen, it's... Uh, it's you know, the, the the beauty of those fucking movies is... We've, we've already spoken about it, is that Darth Vader is one of the ultimate villains of all time. Yeah. Maybe the ultimate villain of all time. Yeah, well, and now, you know, I know you called uh, Jaws the ultimate henchman of all time, but right. really Darth Vader then becomes the ultimate henchman of all time. Well, that's, that's the problem. Is you don't think of him as a henchman. I know, and you're conflicted, but it's like... But he is. When you first met him, he was the villain yeah. of Star Wars. And then the twist that they put right up our little hiney holes was an Empire Strikes Back finding out that he is just a henchman. I remember at the time being like, oh my God, and, and like, uh, that character was so evil. <laughs> Use your anger, Luke. The Emperor? In Return of the Jedi. Right. Like, yes, right. young Jedi. Yeah. Um, you know, and ultimately the henchman killed the, you know, I mean, sure. es- essentially he's, uh, he's, uh, Bear from, uh, you know, he's the Gandolfini. Sure. From, uh, oh, that's where they got it. The bad guy with a conscience. <laughs> oh, know? that's where they got that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a rich character. Yeah. It's texture. Yeah. Okay. Go. I'm going with a couple, I'm going with more comedic. Okay. Another late eighties, uh, flick. One of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Um, starring one of my favorite actors of all time. Okay. Midnight Run. Okay. The characters are Tony Darvo and Joey. Okay. Um, which, uh, you know, it's like they're the two. They're um, Dennis Farina's henchmen. Okay. I'm trying to remember that. They're the ones who are basically after De Niro and Grodin the whole time. Like, right. you know, like like uh, Joey is the big dumb one who puts on the cowboy hat. He's like, hey, hey, Tony, look at me. Hop along Casariccia. Take a picture. Hop along <laughs> right. Casariccia. Right, right. And, like, you know, there's, there's a time when, like, Tony Darvo's on the phone talking to Dennis Farina, and Dennis Farina's, like, ripping him a new asshole. And Tony Dar- er, and Joey's, like, pretending to punch him. He's, like, shadow boxing with them. And, like, right. Tony Darvo's, like, kicking him to get him away. Right, right. Those guys, I fucking loved those guys. Those, they were, like, comic relief henchmen. They were comic relief henchmen. Yeah. And um, it's funny because the, uh, the Joey character is actually in another movie that I'm going to talk about. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to give it away. I'll come back. I'll, I'll do this guy next. Okay, you come back around to him? I'm going to come back okay. to him. But those guys, Midnight Run, great movie. Those guys were just great comic relief as henchmen. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to go with another quintessential henchman who I could never quite figure this character out. Okay. I couldn't. I, don't, I never was able to understand this character, but I'm going to throw him out there. The Usual Suspects. Shushbeksh. Kobayashi. Yeah. Played by Pete Postlethwaite. Yeah, right. Like he's the he's that British actor. Yeah, but he kind of plays like it. He has like an Indian accent. Yeah, like do you remember when he like tells each guy uh, uh, how he's got them in yeah. the corner? And he's a little tan, isn't he? He's tan, and he talks about how I work for Kaiser Sose. Yeah, and everyone goes, <gasps> you know. But he, he tells them, Mister, you know, whatever you stole steel from my employer back in 1984. Yeah, and you did not know it then, but you are indebted to him. You know, and he goes through the list. Yeah. And tells each of them what you know where they they got fucked. Yeah, and then they try to uh, then they try to fuck him, but they can never you know he's way smarter than they are. Yeah, and then in the end you know he's the one who picks up fucking Kevin Spacey in the car. Yeah, you know like he's like the ultimate henchman. But I couldn't never tell because he's like an older British dude with a fake tan and an Indian accent. Yeah, 
I feel like I honestly feel like that was the first time I really remember Pete Postlewaite. Yeah, like the, in the name of the Father was was the other big one, but I, I feel like. But that was before. I think wasn't before that. Name of the Father was probably before that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like I, I only first beca- like he was a big name actor already. Postlewaite, like you know, yeah. he, was, he was an acclaimed actor, but like I didn't know he was until Usual Suspects. Right, and he was great. He's great. In that movie's just terrific. Yeah, it's great. I mean, but Kaiser he, Soze was. I mean, that movie is great. God it's a great it. movie, and it's a great twist. Yeah, because it's like in that scene where uh, Kobayashi is telling them the whole time, Spacey's like, "Who's Kaiser Soze?" Yeah, and then they they keep having conversations. Like, Who's Kaiser Soze? Yeah, he's Kaiser Soze. He's Kaiser. Um, all right, I said I was going to um, hop along Casadich. Yeah, I was going to bring him around. Um, a, a, a great movie villain. Yeah. But uh, in this case, he was a henchman in this movie. The movie's The Untouchables, and the character's name is Frank Nitti. Okay. By an actor named Billy Drago. Um, okay. And you remember, he's the one who ultimately, you know, it's like in court, he's got the white suit, and he's got a gun, and Kevin Costner sees him, and they, they bring him outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he pulls the gun, he shoots the cop, and then there's like the rooftop scene. Kevin Costner helps pull him back up onto the roof. Yeah. You know, because he he's like, hey, you got to bring me in. You, come on, cop. And then uh, as he's like fixing himself up, he's like, he's feel like a stuck pig. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner's like, what'd you say? And he's like, your friend, when he died, he screamed like a stuck pig. And Costner's like walking him back to the, the stairwell. And then he just redirects him and pushes him off the roof. Uh-huh. Frank Nitti, he's, he's Al Capone's main assassin. Okay. He wears a white suit, and he's an evil-faced guy. Okay. And uh, he's, he's been in a bunch of other movies as, as, as the villain. Yeah. Um, but uh, Hopalong Casadich, that actor, was also one of the Capone's guys. He's uh, the actor in the scene up in Canada with the Mounties. Yeah. When, uh, you know, they get that shipment of, of uh, moonshine. Right, coming across a bridge or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hopalong Casadich uh, is the guy that Sean Connery goes outside. He's already dead. Yeah. And Connery props him up against the wall and puts the gun in his mouth. And is like, you're going to talk? You're going to talk tough to talk with a gun in your mouth. You're going to talk? And then he's like, and then he shoots the, the, the dead corpse. body. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Mountie's like, I don't approve of your methods. Right. That was Hopalong Cassidy. Uh, okay. To bring it back. Um, great henchman performance. I don't know if you'll remember this, but he, uh, uh, but he put a nice different spin on it, I thought. Okay. And it's Pineapple Express, Craig Robinson. Okay. Do you remember him in that movie? Well, it, it's funny because, truthfully, I've only seen that movie once. Oh, okay. okay. And um, and it wasn't my favorite, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had to watch it a couple times. I, I like it, and I like it more. And then I like his performance more and more because it's, it's a little off. You know, like he'll, he walks into the – they're looking for him, and he walks into the room, and they had just been there, and there's food on the table, and the food's still warm, but like he – it's like mac and cheese, like a bowl of mac and cheese, and he puts his hands into it. Yeah. And he's like, food's still warm. And he starts squeezing the mac and cheese in the bowl. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. But he had a weird twist on it. You know, like when they were captured at the end and he's there, this hostage, and he's in the room and he gets shot. I thought he was very, very funny in that movie. Yeah. As a henchman. And it was a new kind of henchman, I thought. It's funny because truthfully, I don't even remember that he was in that movie. Okay. I remember Gary Cole. Sure. Uh, Your favorite actor, Rosie Perez. I unfortunately, she might be one of the main reasons why I didn't like that movie. Right, sure. Yeah, I, didn't, um, I remember Seth Rogen, James Franco, and Danny McBride. Right, we're passing each other in the fucking night here. Yeah, I'm coming okay. back. I'm coming back. You, okay. you, I know you know who this henchman is. Okay. Um, now, but this, uh, I'm curious. When I wrote this henchman down, I was very curious as to what you were going to say, how you were going to receive this. Okay. This is one of my favorite. I'm going to put him in quotes. "Quote unquote henchman of all time." Okay, it is uh, a character named Salacious Crumb. Okay, in Return of the Jedi, sure. Jabba the Hutt's little sure. fucking squirrel monkey, sure. Um, and basically, he's he's Jabba the Hutt's like yes man. Yeah, I get that. I get it. Like everything Jabba the Hutt says, he's like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like a little muppet. It's a little muppet. He's a little fucking muppet. Yeah. And he's like jumping up on the ceiling. He's yeah. all over the place. You know, like he'll reach into Jabba the Hutt's like frog bowl to, you know, to <laughs> sample right. a frog and, you know, sure. Jabba the Hutt like swats him away. And there are people who love Salacious Crumb. Dude, I love Salacious Crumb. I know you Crumb. do. I mean, I, I like him, but I, you know. You know, it, it's funny because I, I have he's to no say. He's no Darth Vader. No, he's no Darth Vader. <laughs> he's no Darth Vader. I'm pretty sure I could take Salacious Crumb. Like Salacious, Salacious Crumb is one of those, like, uh, he'd pull out your eyeballs. Sure. You know. 
and yeah. uh, like he do something you know insidious like that. Yeah, he's not gonna go beat up the good guy. No, he's not gonna beat up the good guy. And like a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's just it. He's he's hiding behind his boss, right? Um, you kick his ass. I, I honestly think that like if he had a different name, I might not love him so much. But I always love love the name Salacious Crumb. Yeah, and that almost made him in the way that like you remember when we were staying, we were renting our our friend DJ Paul's house. Yeah, and he had his uh, uh, cat Sebastian. Yeah, and we were always like that cat's a fucking pussy. Right. But then when we renamed him Seabass, yeah. That cat became the coolest goddamn cat in the world. We're like, Come here, sea bass. We just right. love saying his name so much. Right. That's my feeling about Salacious Crumb. Okay. Is that like his name potentially could have something to do with my uh, love of him? Okay. Go on. Uh, one of my favorite uh, actor, bad guy actors, uh, was a henchman in one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And um, he's actually been the main bad guy in a bunch of things. He's been a good guy in a bunch of things too. Uh, I'm gonna go Total Recall. Hmm. Michael Ironside. Okay. He plays Richter. Yeah. He's the guy chasing Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He doesn't really know the whole story. Mm-hmm. You do find out that Sharon Stone like, was his wife or something like that who was posing with. Yeah. And that makes him mad. Well, because she's, she's their top agent, and she has to go to... This is a big assignment. She's been living with right. Schwarzenegger getting boned And by it him. makes Michael Ironside pissed. Yeah. And he's not really in the loop about what's going on, but yeah. he's just chasing Schwarzenegger around. But I always like Michael Ironside. Like he's a Top Gun. Yeah, plays Jester. Mm-hmm. Who's like their, you know, the, yeah. He's the sidekick of of uh, Tom Scarrett. Tom Scarrett. Yeah, yeah. I like Michael Ironside. He was in uh, Scanners. Yeah, he's he a in, weird uh, scar on his face too, like on yeah. the side on his temple. But he's one of those guys who's been in tons of shit. Yeah, and uh, you see him all over the place. But he's oh, he's always a good bad guy. Yeah, and he's a good henchman in that movie. Yeah, he's great, and and uh, you know that movie's great. And by the way, because he's know, in this, the dark, he doesn't know what's going on. For for screenwriters out there, like the twist of Michael Ironsides, when you find out that Sharon Stone was actually his wife, who her assignment has been with Schwarzenegger this whole time. Yeah, to get boned by him. That's just a great sure. detail. It's a great. It's not even a plot twist. It's a great detail. Yeah, that okay. comes on like your fifteenth draft. Sure. What if we make. Her, his wife. People are like, "Oh my god, that's fucking sweet." It's a great idea. And then the henchman's the wife, and then the yeah, because she's a henchman essentially. Yeah. Okay, okay, you're done. Your last two. I got a couple more. Okay, I'm, go. Well, I'll riff, I'll riff, I'll riff on yours. Okay, good. Okay, here's one. Yeah. That uh, I just fucking I love this filmmaker. Okay. I love all his movies. Kill Bill. Yeah. Go go Yubari. Okay. The little fucking the little Asian chick, little high school girl. Okay. With her, like, m- like she's got a morning star that she fucking kicks in people's faces. Right, right. And uh, she's a killer. She's just a little nasty little martial artist. The archer. Schoolgirl. You know, there was something about, and she had the bangs that cover her eyebrows, which I always think is a creepy look. Right. On anybody. Even the, the most attractive. I mean, she's a very attractive girl in real life. Right. Very oh, yes. Person. Oh, she is, yes. Um, but um, she's a creepy little fucking killer. Badass. And, yeah. And, um, but she get fucked up by Uma, right? Yeah, she got fucked up by Uma. Well, you don't <laughs> fuck with Uma Thurman <laughs> right. in uh, in Kill Bill. Sure, I love Tarantino, man, and like the bad, yeah. like the crazy eights and the fucking bad, whatever the like the. Oh, no, it's great. But also, you know, I mean, he's a henchman in a couple of the movies. Michael Madsen, in essentially, he's a henchman to David Carradine. But in that movie and in Reservoir Dogs, he's uh, you know the ultimate henchman, and it's that great scene where you find out he's a henchman, and he gets out of prison, and he goes in the bathroom, meets with Joe, and mm-hmm. and uh, Fast Eddie, Toothpick Vic, yeah, and they're sitting in the office, and they have that great, that one of the greatest. I see you standing there, but I don't believe it. It's like such a behind the scenes henchman thing, you know, like he took a fall for them, they got to put him up with. Seymour Scagnetti, the fucking asshole parole officer. They gotta get him a job. Like, Come on, I don't want to lift crates. Oh, fuck! That's beauty. You don't lift anything. Yeah, it's like I don't want a job, like a job, job type job. Yeah, and uh, Tarantino does great with the henchman. I think. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I gave you a go go. Here's bar. a guy who has been a henchman in a lot of movies. I'm gonna single out. You'll know him more as a henchman even than the pick the movies that he's in. Okay. But like Dumb and Dumber, oh, Mike yeah. Starr. Yeah. You know Mike Starr? Yeah, he's good fellas. Uh, but Dumb and Dumber. He's a henchman, yeah, and he's chasing after those guys. So you're giving a general, a general Mike Starr is one of your favorite uh, a henchmen. Oh, yeah. he's great. Um, are you, do you have more? I or do. I have my last fire. One. Go. My last one. Go. He made it from from the uh, from the page to the screen. Uh, one of your all time classic henchmen, Luca Brazzi. Okay, Luca Brazzi. From sure. The, from the, sure Godfather. the Godfather. Yeah. 
Um, sleeps with the fishes now. He sleeps with the fishes. The um, it's too bad. I wanted more Luca Brasi in that movie. Well, because have you read the book? Uh, I have read the book, but in high school, I read he's the book. got a much bigger part. Okay, uh, and like in the book, they actually give you the history of Luca Brasi. Okay, they 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 touch on a little bit um, in the Godfather. Like you know, somebody says, "What's the deal with Luca Brasi?" And he says, "Oh yeah." Uh, he and my dad, Michael's t- saying, yeah, they uh, they held the guys down and said, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. Um, in the book, there's a whole big thing. Like, he, like he's he's a fucking... S- saves the Godfather's life so many times and, yeah. like, kills in the most ridiculous ways for him. Right. Um, you know, people recognize him. So uh, he's a better book henchman than he is a movie henchman. Well, he's a great uh, movie uh, book henchman. But, yeah, in the movie... He's in your. He's in the opening scene. He's yeah. the guy who's saying like, "May your first child be a masculine child." He's a dumb guy, Michael. That man's talking to himself. Yeah, but in, in the book, he is the Godfather's best henchman. Yeah, and best killer. Which why in the in the book when he gets it, like for the fork in the hand and then gets strangled. Yeah, is uh, you know it's an it's an it's a sad death for a great uh, sure a, a great character sure. But uh, Luca Brazzi great sleeps with the fishes great. Okay, I'll, I'll just fire through some quick ones here because we're we're good here. But uh, uh, Blazing Saddles, Mongo, Mongo, great henchman. Yeah, that's in, from my childhood when he punches that horse out. Yeah, one of the great things. Or when they're farting around the fucking uh, yeah yeah farting around the campfire. Yeah, Mongo, Alex Karras, former Detroit Lion, right? Yeah, and also the father of Webster in the the, <laughs> the show Webster. Webster. Yeah, uh, great henchman. I thought. Yeah, uh, Trading Places, Paul Gleason. Yeah, Biggs or Beaks? Clarence Beaks. Oh, Beaks, 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 yeah, Clarence Beaks. Yeah, he's a great henchman. That actor, yeah. I love that guy. I mean, he was the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah, he's in Die Hard. He's the... the he's the FBI or the... No, cop? he's the co- He's like the assistant chief of police or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he's like that that combination Beaks, of like yeah. legitimately tough, but funny, like a great dry sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, in Trading Places, he's got the things on the phone and he says, excuse me for a minute, fuck off. Uh, uh, lethal Weapon. Mr. Joshua. You know what? Let's talk about this. <laughs> Gary I, Busey. I took him off my list. You did? Okay. Well, because like Mr. Joshua was a great character. Yes. And Busey fucking was... does a lighter to his arm. Puts a lighter on his arm. That's the only reason why you... Well, could... I remember when I saw that as a kid, I was like, holy shit, he's burning his arm. Yeah. He, he's not even reacting. He yeah. can't even feel it. That's how tough he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be fair. Because when that movie came out, we didn't know what a goofball Gary Busey was. Sure. And You're right. He was just a psycho. He was a psycho, and he, that Mr. Joshua was a fucking great yeah. character. And in Under Siege, he's the bad. Guy. He's a psycho, right? Isn't he in Under Siege? He's a psycho. Yeah, yeah. Under it's Under back Siege, when he was a good bad guy. Yeah, because he's like it's that off kilter thing that he's got going. Yeah. And and Point Break, I loved him as, as Papas in Point Break. Yes. So it's and like his I buddy sh- Holly. Yeah, he's great as buddy Holly. So should allow uh, the memory of those characters to be tarnished by you know what he has sort of morphed into today, right? Yeah, an insane person. Yeah, but I will say that uh, even at the time, like Mr. Joshua, great character was awesome. I still didn't think anyone was as tough as Mel Gibson in that movie. Sure, because sure. he could kick anybody's ass. So I was like, okay. Sure. But he's still a henchman. He is a henchman. And he burned his arm with a he lighter. Was great. He was burned great. his arm with a lighter. Yeah, didn't he? He sure did. Um, Austin Powers, number two. Shirt number two. Robert Wagner slash Rob Lowe. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, you could say... I love Mini- those guys. You could say Mini-Me was a henchman, too. He was. He was a henchman. Yeah. And also... Right. Uh, he was. What was the... Uh, There's a lot of good henchmen in that. Big fat, ba- fat Bastard. Fat Bastard. Get in my belly. Yeah. Great. Another movie you didn't mention at all. Commando. Mm. Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Great henchman. Great henchman in that scene, at least, when they... Well, no, the, yeah. What do you say? I eat Marines for breakfast. What does he say? Yeah, he, he goes, You scared, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. This Green Beret is going to kick your ass. Right. And then Arnold says, yeah. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. <laughs> and right now I'm very hungry. And then, like, uh, Ray Don Chong is like, Oh, God, enough of this macho bullshit. Right. These guys eat too much red meat. But don't you think it's a precursor to the to the Jimmy Reno line? That was a precursor to, like, I eat Green Berets for breakfast. I fuck guys like you in prison. It's yeah. like the same. Yeah, it's taking it one level higher. You're a pussy. Yeah, uh, Bill Duke is is a great, uh, you know, like he played a good guy in uh, in Predator. Yeah, and uh, I love that actor. I mean, yeah, he, he's a great henchman. They, I mean, you know, look, I, he's also uh, a filmmaker, he's a director and a writer. I think he directed Sister Act. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of those sisters. Or maybe acts. the sequel, like Back in the Habit, right, <laughs> or something like right. that. It's a surprising thing. Right, he's great in a movie called The Limey. 
Oh Is yeah, it? yeah, sure. He's the, he plays the uh, like the FBI agent, or yeah. the DEA agent. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I've always loved that actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. But like, but uh, but in that movie, he's great. Yeah, Commando, he was great. Um, I will say, uh, you know, there's another henchman in that movie, Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. Uh, who? Vernon Wells is the guy's name. Vernon Wells. He was. Ex- We've talked about him. Yeah. Well, because he was also essentially a henchman in Road Warrior too. He's excellent in the Road Warrior, yeah. and he's a crazy Australian dude. And he was and then he was also like the main biker bad guy in Weird Science. Yeah. Uh, but then see, he put on a few pounds. Yeah. He got a bit tubby, and so in Commando as the henchman, he you know like at, at the end of the movie he's he's like You're getting slow, John. Like he's shot. <laughs> he he sucker punches him with a, he shoots him like in the back right but it's in the shoulder and then like you know they're, they're like f- they're fighting each other and he's kind of knock-kneed and he's portly yeah and then he has the nerve to say like you're out of shape john right i feel great and i'm like hold on that's schwarzenegger let's stop to, bro. stop the presses that's schwarzenegger in sick shape right and you're the out of shape <laughs> one i'm not buying you as this bad right. guy well, anyway. he also had a, he had a little boy toy in road warrior didn't he a little blonde yeah he uh, gets the fucking cleaver to the head yeah gets killed yeah. and then like that drives him crazy yeah anyway in the road warrior um but uh bill dukes yeah also yeah 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 and and vernon wells who used to play for the yankees vernon wells yeah if you remember that yeah um, uh, uh, another honorable mention only because just do it, bro. When you think back on, on it, this is a guy who is one of my favorite actors right now, who I love to watch right now, and he was a henchman in one of our favorite movies back in the day. It was Jonathan Banks, mm. Beverly Hills Cop? Mm. He's the henchman. You know, he's the second bad guy in Beverly Hills Cop. Hey, cuz. Calls him cuz. Yeah. But he looks, you know, now he's, you know, so much older and has a different look to him now. But if you remember, he was that same sleepy eyed. He was badass. Sleepy eyed is a really uh, nice way of putting it. Like, it was dead eyed. Yeah. Like, when when he. Like a doll's eyes. Oh, like in Beverly Hills. Like a doll's eyes. Sorry, lifeless eyes, like a doll's eyes. (laughs) When he showed up in Beverly Hills Cop, I was like, that guy's terrifying. Yeah. He's fucking terrifying. And then when he shows up in Breaking Bad, you're like, "Holy fuck, this guy!" Yeah, he's so. And now in Better Call Saul, you're you're behind, you're behind the veil, so you're like, "He's so he's good." Great. He's you know, like I, I'll say this about Jonathan Banks. Yeah. Uh, and I mean this like sincerely. Okay. Because he was so great in Beverly Hills Cop, and yeah. I saw him in a couple other things, and he was gone. But like when he showed up in Breaking Bad, yeah, it actually made me feel good as a human being for that. Actor. Oh, because he because he had some good high profile shit. I was just I was like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, good on you for sticking around and fu- and landing your, a part in like one of the greatest and maybe the greatest series of all time. Yeah, like it's I I love that kind of thing when you're like yeah, and he's so good that they spun off. Yeah, and he's as big of a character now in Better Call Saul as Odenkirk. Yeah, and and. Uh, uh, it just it just makes me happy that that guy is you know uh, you know he's always acting I mean he's yeah. tons of shit you know? what else was he in do you, can you remember offhand I remember he was in that show Wise Guys was he in that show Wise Guys or no he was in Wise Guy the TV show no, okay that's what I'm talking about Ken Wise Wall guy. I think yeah yeah uh-huh. what was the yeah. uh... um all right one uh let's see one more yeah give give me whatever you want to give me I don't give a all shit. right one more and then we'll go um Princess Bride oh. Christopher Guest okay yeah the six finger man. Tyrone. Yeah, the six-fingered the man. six-fingered man. Hey, you know what? Well, the, when they reveal that his name is Tyrone, is great, yeah. too. Count Rugen is his name. Count but Rugen. Tyrone, yeah, and he uh, you know, tortures him. And then, and he has that torture scene where he tells a story, uh, and his English accent is so fucking funny. And obviously it's funny from when he does Spinal Tap, but his English accent is so reserved, and he's so calm mm-hmm. in his delivery. It's such a fucking great delivery. But, you know, the also funny thing is, like, essentially, Andre the Giant was a henchman in that movie, too. And a great one at that. And one of the great ones. And uh, he ends up becoming a, the good guy, but he was um, he was a henchman at the beginning of that movie, you know. Uh, do you have any other ones, or are you good? Um, no, no. I mean, uh, it's funny, because I, I wonder if Farva counts as a henchman. No, um, he's a good guy. And so, well, but, he's you know, he, good guy. he goes to the other side. I guess so. Do you think like uh, Weaver, like all those local cops, are they henchmen for uh, Von Bargen? Yeah, those are henchmen. They're great. Yeah. Do you think the um, Jim Rash and Sky High? He's a henchman. Sure, sure. He he was great. Um, <laughs> also, the uh, the our German bad guys 
are all henchmen. They are all henchmen. Ralph I was Miller. thinking about that too. And I have to admit, I know it's our movie. Yeah. But like uh, of, of the movies we've made, I, th- I think Beer Fest might tickle me the most. Yeah. And particularly because every time those bad guys are on screen, I fucking love them. Yeah, they're I, great. I think all those guys kicked ass. I love their dynamic. Yep. And, uh, and they're henchmen. And they're German henchmen. Yeah. German henchmen. They're ridiculous. We are not thirsty, Fräulein. Oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I might have to watch Raiders. We are not thirsty, Fräulein. Okay. All right. Well, I enjoyed that. Yeah. That might uh, spark some people to, you know, weigh in. Yeah, True Crew. Hey, send us a uh, case. You get some henchmen, you're like, we'll decide whether they fit into the category or not. Um, hey, listen, uh, people in Boston. Kevin and I are coming. That We have a huge gig in Boston in September. With our show, we're booking up some shows in the fall. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you where we're playing, but if you're from Boston and you're in the True Crew, we expect to see you the How weekend. How about New England, if you're in New England? If you're in New England and you're in the True Crew... We expect to see you the weekend after Labor Day. You you mark your calendars. Yeah, we'll for, be there in September. Yeah, the Saturday after Labor Day weekend. Right. We're also coming back to Madison, Wisconsin in the fall. We're going back to Phoenix. We're going to go back to... We're going back to Calgary. Calgary. Yep. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. All right, so thank you. I hope you liked the uh, Top Ten Henchmen. True Crew, love you guys. I'm, I'm going to choose something delicious on my way out. Wait, you got you to pick something from the, uh, from the movies here. I'm going to chew a... Uh, Steel cable, like Jaws does. Oh, okay. Then in that case, I'm eating a shark, like Jaws does. Like Jaws does? Yeah. Like Jaws does? At least that's delicious. Have you ever had shark? Uh, I've had mako shark. I don't think I have. Is it delicious? Should I try it out? Yeah, give it a try. All right, I'll try it right now. Yeah. Mm, you're right, it's good. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, okay, thanks, Chief Crew. We will talk to you next week. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 